I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on The Right Way, we are talking to Julie Rogers. She is an amazing author who has penned a wonderful book of children's literature. It is called Colton and the Bullfrog Adventure. It is just dynamite. Your kids will love it. You'll love it. It is a really fun adventure. It is a delightful read, and we are delighted to have Julie Rogers join us here today on The Right Way. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Loved your book, loved the illustrations, loved the story. Tell the audience what it's about. Colton and the Bullfrog has a lot of different meanings. It has a lot of different uses. It's according to what you want to do with it. Uh, it's for parents, it's for grandparents, and it's mostly for children. It's about a young boy who comes to terms with stepping stepping into shoes uh, that, are, that are more like adult shoes. Mm. He goes on adventures. He begins adventures with his grandfather. And his grandfather teaches him a lot of things. Uh, he starts out with a bullfrog. And on this adventure, he learns a lot of things about bullfrogs. He learns where they live, what they do, how they uh, eat, all things about bullfrogs he learns from his grandfather. Now, Poppy teaches him more than just about bullfrogs. He teaches him about respect for adults, for other children, for nature. He teaches him all things about respect. And Colton learns a lot from his grandfather. And uh, Colton not only learns it for himself, but he takes it to his cousins and his brother and his sister. So it's a lot of things that a lot of people can learn a lot of things from. Absolutely. Grandparents are such an important part of life. Did you model the grandfather after your own grandfather or after your father? Tell us a little bit about why you developed this unique bond between child and grandparent. Well, my husband, likes to spend time with the grandchildren and he likes them to listen. <laughs> but my that's grandfather, the hard part. right, that's right. My grandfather taught us from day one, you respect adults. You respect your elders is what he called them. You respect your elders. And he taught us that. And we learned that from him, but we learned a lot of lessons from him. We learned about the owls, about the bullfrogs, about all kinds of things, about the chickens and the roosters. And we just learned lots of lessons from him. And so I took Poppy and used my grandfather and some things from my father and and from Poppy and, and used those to model Poppy after them. There's something so wonderful about 
learning from another generation, particularly this generation now with our children are so involved with this. Yes. Even at a young age, you see little toddlers playing on a cell phone or an iPad. It's yes. nice to have an unplugged adventure. And grandpas are perfect for that because they're not really immersed in the digital world usually. Right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we're constantly telling my grandson, put the phone down and listen or do something, you know. Instead of playing on on the phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you uh, live in Southwest Georgia. Were you raised in Southwest Georgia as well? Yes. Tell me a little bit about how that environment influences your work. Uh, I feel like I, I've not been to a lot of places around the U.S. I've been in them, but haven't spent a lot of time there. But I feel like the area that I'm from, people care a lot about each other. And they not only spend time by themselves, but they spend time with the children around and with each other. And children learn from them. And from other adults and from other children. They learn what their their grandparents have taught them. They learn that. So a lot of things are learned from your neighbors, not only from your family, but from your neighbors. Absolutely. And when you live in a rural area, and I recently moved to a rural area 100 miles outside of New York City, you're dependent on your neighbors. They're your friends, they're your companions, and they're your helpers. And they right. give you wisdom about your land, about a number of things. That's part of the beauty of the community, I think, in a rural area. Right. It is. It's it's so much to to know that you have people you can learn from. You just, you know, you need to, you don't have to depend on yourself. If you're new in an area, you don't have to depend on yourself to meet neighbors usually meet neighbors go out and greet you when mm. you've moved into an area yep that's the wonderful part of it tell me a little bit about your writing when did you start writing i have been telling stories since i was probably seven years old mm. i started telling stories to my brother he loved for me to tell him stories so I would tell him stories, and then I started telling other children stories. And then when I started teaching, I started telling stories, and we started writing, and I wrote stories. Mm -hmm. And I read them to the class, and the class read them back to me. And I've always wanted to write, mm -hmm. but I put off writing until I was old. I shouldn't have waited so long. <laughs> Well, it's never too late to start, obviously, because you've written some wonderful books. You talk about telling stories first and then writing stories. I find it's very helpful to speak the story first. It makes it much more conversational, much more flowing with the language. Do you agree it's better to tell the story and then write it down? I talk my stories all the time. I have to to be able to write it down. I 
I tell my stories to myself and I tell my stories to my husband. Uh, that's my way of putting it in my mind and making sure I'm doing the right thing. I've written two stories and I've started one story. My third story, I've started it three or four times hmm. and it's hard to get it going. I, it's hard for me to write about my third grandchild and because he's so open and vibrant and he's so, I can't explain him. Mm. He's just so eager to live and be out there. And I don't know where to start with him. <laughs> well, when you see the wonder of a little child and they really do bring your life such joy, it's hard to capture that magic. I think only God can create a child and us trying to recreate the child is only second best at times, right? Especially with our writing or our artwork. It's even the greatest painter, I don't think can capture the beauty of a beautiful child. No, I don't think so. You can only do your best. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or invent something that is different about your character than from your child. Now, you've written another book called Ellie and the Grubbing Worm Adventure. Is that out yet? Not yet. It's not. It's Ellie and Grubbing for Worms Adventure. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I get it wrong, too. <laughs> and uh, uh, tell me a little bit about the story about Ellie and the Grubbing for Worms Adventure. Ailey is on her first adventure with Poppy, but she doesn't go along. Colton goes with her. And it's because it's not her actual first adventure. It's one that she takes with her cousin to help him cross over. Uh, he needs a little help getting across into those footsteps. And she still isn't mature enough to get there yet. So we're helping them both get there. But I just, every time I read it and think about it, I just laugh and get tickled because she's so funny. <laughs> uh, she's quiet and shy, and then she turns around and she makes you laugh. And she's got a lot to learn, and she's got a lot to teach. And Poppy's got a lot to teach. He's got three rules that te he teaches them first. And you'll have to read to find out what those three rules are. Sounds but, great. Yes. Now, are each of these books based on your actual grandchildren? Do you have a grandchild named Colton and a grandchild named Ely? Yes, I do. Okay, that's wonderful. So now you got to be fair. You've got a third grandchild, right? Right. And what's his Le or her name? His name is Levi. Levi. Okay. Sounds and great. And he is... So anxious to have his book written. <laughs> so That's we're working on How old is Levi? Levi is, I think he's eight. Mm. Okay. I get him mixed up. <laughs> That's terrible for a grandmother, isn't it? it? It's a lot to keep track of between the kids and taking care of the husband and all that stuff. It's a lot to take care of. Let's talk about Colton and the Bullfrog Adventure for a second. Now, what was Colton's reaction when he first held this book about him in his hands? He just smiled. Mm -hmm. uh, he was excited. And now he's a little closed up about it. 
he's just kind of waiting to see what happens, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. He, all of the children were excited about Colton because it, this was their idea. This is what they wanted Mima to do. They wanted Mima to write books about them. And so I told them, well, Colton would be the first because he's the first grandchild. So they have been waiting anxiously for this book. Wonderful, and wonderful. Now, I don't want to quiz you on the ages again or put you on the spot, but uh, how old is Colton? <laughs> Colton is 12. Okay. So he's, he's not in that about old fifth or sixth grade? Yes. Okay. And he's not that old in the book, but he is okay. 12 now. Wonderful, wonderful. And does he also appear, I haven't read Ely's Adventure, does he uh, appear in Ely's book as well? Yes, in this book he does. Okay, wonderful. And what was Ely's response when she saw her book? Or has she, she seen her book yet? Is it actually a print? She hasn't seen it yet. Okay. So what are you going to do? How are you going to surprise her and show her that book? Uh, I think I'm going to give her a copy of the manuscript. That sounds great. That sounds great. Now tell me a little bit about your life with these grandkids. Do you watch them often? Do you watch them while their parents are working? Tell me, do they live close by? Tell me a little bit about that. All of my grandchildren live within about a mile of us, and we see them regularly, and then we see them every two or three weeks. So you know how it is when kids are in school, they're busy these days. They stay busy and involved in things. Uh, Ely rides horses, and so she's involved in horse riding lessons. And the other kids are involved in football, softball, soccer, all kinds of things. So they stay busy during the school year. We Sounds pick it. them up. From, yeah, they are. We So you pick them up and bring them to these activities from time to time? Well, we pick them up from school and bring them home every now and then. Gotcha. We enjoy good. being with them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, you call yourself the Jabberwocky of writing. Tell the well, folks at home what that's all about. It's just a word that I, Jabberwocky is a word that I have used for years and years. Uh, it has to do with a poem. And I grabbed that word out of the air one day when we were talking about writing and uh, doing a website. I pulled that word out of the air from many years ago. It was a word that I that I found interesting then. And by Jabberwocky, you mean ch chatter and gabbing and chit chat and all the different parts of language. That's what I meant by it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you've worked as a teacher. Tell me a little bit about your work as a teacher. I taught, uh, I have taught third, fourth, and fifth grade. I enjoyed all three. Uh, literature and English were probably my favorite. And then history and science fell in there with it. Hmm. Uh, 
I love history and I love science and you can do so much with that when you're teaching literature. And uh, kids really enjoy that. They love to talk about history and science if you make it fun and they'll learn when you make it fun. Uh, I know many years back, many years now, it seems like yesterday, but we taught by reading and doing a lot of uh, things that kids enjoyed doing to learn. And it was so different than it is now. Things change, so they rotate and go around and change so much. Mm. But children seem to enjoy learning when they're given the ability to learn for themselves instead of giving them a book and say, now write these notes, you have a test on them on Friday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask them to study them. I like it. Much Go ahead. Better. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm through. Oh, okay. Tell me a little bit about your career in that. How long were you a teacher and uh, was it right there in your community in Southwest Georgia? Yes, I was a teacher for 30 years, and it was right here, about five miles from my house, mm -hmm. and so it was easy to get there every day and easy to get the kids to school every day, most of the time, and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I loved teaching. My, I remember when I was in the fourth grade, I told my parents that I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be a math teacher. Mm -hmm. And they just laughed because math was my weakest subject. <laughs> when I went to college and I told my math teacher that I was going to be a math teacher, he just laughed at me. <laughs> and it turned out that I did teach some math and I did okay with it. Mm -hmm. But it was not where my heart was. English and history and science were where my heart belonged. Absolutely. And that's that's where I ended up teaching most of the time. Absolutely. Now, you watch the kids in your community then grow from little kids, third, fourth, fifth graders, up to adults, young adults, almost middle age or thereabouts. Yes, yes a lot of them. I taught a lot of them uh, in the third and fourth grade, fifth grade, and they've grown up to be friends now nice. in the community. It's hard to believe that they're old, almost as old as I am, <laughs> which they would not approve of me saying that. <laughs> but that, That's what they, I say to my kids. I'm like, how did you get to be my age? I don't understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. But that must be nice. I mean, in a community like you live, a lot of people, you know, don't move out of it because it is tight knit. Like you said, your children and grandchildren all live within a mile. So these kids that you taught over the years, many of them still live in the community. So you must be like a celebrity when you're at the supermarket saying, him is Rogers, him is Rogers. I used to be. Most <laughs> of them, you know, have kind of grown up and moved over now. <laughs> Uh, my kids used to think, I don't understand how they all call you Miss Rogers. Everybody knows you when we go somewhere. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So tell me about 
writing Colton and the Bullfrog? Had you already written it in your head and just put it down on paper? Tell me about the process. Oh, it's been so long now. Uh, I had done some research on bullfrogs uh, before Colton and the Bullfrog ever came into view. I had done some research on bullfrogs one summer me and my daughter and a friend of mine and her daughter were sitting around the kitchen table and for some reason we decided we'd do some research on bullfrogs and when colton came up i said oh i'm going to use that research and you know kind of play it with colton and that's how colton and the bullfrog came about i I played on the research that I had done and wrote a book with it. And I enjoyed writing that book. It was it was good. It was it was fun to write that book. Absolutely. It sounds wonderful. And Ellie and the Grubbing Worm Adventure, what's the title again? That's e okay. Ely, right? Ely. And okay. The Grubbing for Worm Adventure. Grubbing for Worms Adventure. Okay. And uh, tell me about the writing process on that. Uh, I had to think before I could come up with a subject. And for some reason, worms came to mind. It was just something that came to my mind. I, I, had, uh, I was trying to think of things that had been in their... Uh, that they had had to learn things that they were taught, but uh, things that they had been taught when I was teaching, but you mm -hmm. understand that was 20 years ago. Right. And uh, so I'm not real familiar with what they're being taught now, and I need to get familiar with it. But I did do segmented worms, I'd used the worms as one with Ely, and I thought it would be fun to make her shy. And she can be shy sometimes, but she's really not shy. And she can be funny. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be good to make her funny and shy and let her play that part with Colton and play off of Colton. And Poppy had a part in it, too. And it was, I had fun doing it. It was good. And I laughed every time I read it. I think it's just funny. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's great. If you find it funny, I'm sure the kids find it funny. And I'm sure other children find it funny as well. Have you done any readings of Colton and the Bullfrog to like maybe the library group or anything like that? Or to Colton's friends? I have not. Uh, his book has been read at school. His teacher has read it. Uh, and they enjoyed it. They loved it. I am going to sign up to read this year for uh, their classes, all, all four of their classes. I'm going to sign up to read their books. Uh, I hope they'll enjoy them. I'm sure but they will. I did not last year, but I hope to be able to this year. Sounds great. Now you've got Colton and the Bullfrog, Ely and her worms, <laughs> what about Levi? What do you think? What kind of animal or creature are you thinking about for him to explore? 
oh, that was hard. I started out with a cow and I went to a pig and a bear. And I finally ended up with our family dog, mm. which is Levi and the, uh, wow, I can't remember. Levi and the, uh, and the family dog. Lucy Dog Adventure. Okay, Lucy Dog? Lucy Dog Adventure. Okay. And I'm going to work on that one and see how it turns out. It sounds great. Well, I think that'll definitely be appealing to children because we all know how much they love dogs. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. So tell. So you haven't taught now for 20 years. So this writing has kind of filled up a new chapter in your life, so to speak. Um, and so you're enjoying this as well. Yes, I enjoy writing and the... I enjoy it. I enjoy spending time writing. I, I don't get out much. Uh, I'm not able to drive right now, so I don't get out much, and I spend a lot of time writing mm. uh, or working on the stories that I have written, and and I enjoy it. That's wonderful. So some of these other stories that you've told over the years, you're writing those down as well? No, the stories that I've told over the years have been borrowed from teachers that have told them to us, told them to me. Gotcha. And I have borrowed them and told them to my brother and his friends and other children. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, for the folks at home who are curious about life in Southwest Georgia, tell us a little bit about your uh, traditions in your county or your community? Do you have like a big 4th of July celebration or is it, uh, you know, Memorial Day? Tell me a little bit about what it's like living in Southwest Georgia. We have a peanut festival here ah. in Worth County and that goes over pretty big. We all enjoy it. Uh, what month is that? October usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody here likes boiled peanuts. I don't know if you've ever had boiled peanuts. You know what? I All the time I lived in Georgia, we would drive along these country roads and we'd see them sold on the side of the road. And I never had it. I have to confess, never had it. It had a lot of praline and had a lot of Morrison's cafeteria and a lot of Piccadilly cafeteria, but uh, never had boiled peanuts. Never had boiled peanuts. No. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> exactly. I exactly. may have to send you some. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, next time in Georgia, for sure. I'll tell you what, I miss those cafeteria-style restaurants. I used to eat at a Morrison's probably two, three days a week when I was in Atlanta. And when I was in the country, I'd often stop at a Piccadilly or like a little local place where you could get your meat in three sides. That was my And some sweet tea. That was my favorite part mm -hmm. of living in Georgia. Yes, the sweet tea. You just about can't get it anywhere else like in Georgia. Exactly, exactly. Waitress comes up to you, how do you want it? Sweet or unsweet, right? That's right. <laughs> There's only two ways to get it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, the book is wonderful. It's called Colton and the Bullfrog Adventure. It is written by Julie Rogers. She is a teacher who has worked for 30 years in the field of educating young children, and she's written a wonderful book. It stars her grandson, Colton, 
and he goes on quite an adventure with his grandfather and learns a lot about bullfrogs. And we've been delighted to have Julie as a guest here today on The Right Way. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford, thanking you for your time, this time, until next time, on The Right Way.